man named Stephen once stood before the Jewish high court. He stood before the same court that condemned Jesus to die. He stood there charged with preaching Jesus as the Messiah. But as the high priest gave Stephen the chance to defend himself, Stephen seized that opportunity to preach a message about Jesus Christ, the one who had been sent as the Messiah, the very one that they had rejected. But Stephen was a wise man, and he must have known how this sermon was going to end. But as Stephen looked in the face of near certain death, Stephen never stuttered. He was a bold and faithful witness to Christ. He knew that the same council that condemned Jesus, the Messiah, to death would not give a second thought to stoning him as a lowly preacher. Peter was one of the original 12 disciples, and he once faced the fear of death. And Peter, Peter melted like a timid child. Because at that moment in his life, Peter did not yet have what Stephen had at this moment, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Stephen, as he stood before the high court, he stood fearless, empowered by the Spirit. Peter, as he had stood outside the trial of Jesus, three different times bystanders asked him, aren't you one of them? Don't you know him? And Peter, three different times said, I, I, don't, I don't even know who he is. He denied knowing Christ. You see, because Stephen was filled with the Spirit, the Bible tells us, verse 15 of Acts 6, and gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Because Stephen was filled with the Spirit, Stephen saw the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the latter part of this passage is they're about to stone him. It says, Now that when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, that is Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. The power of the Holy Spirit seen in the transformation of Peter. Stephen was not a, a better man. He just lived at a later time. Peter, who had melted like a timid child earlier, would become a bold, fearless witness himself in later days. The same Peter that once melted before strangers, when he failed in the weakness of his flesh, he, he later prevailed in the power of the Spirit. And so when he stood before the Sanhedrin, the Bible tells us about it in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. This is what Peter said. He said, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And then verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, this is what happens when you become filled with the Spirit. You become a bold witness for Jesus. You see, in the weakness of our flesh, we worry about the future. In the weakness of our flesh, we worry about what people are going to think about us. But in the power of the Spirit, we say, Though all the world may hate me, just give me Jesus. He's enough for me. This is what happens when the Spirit transforms us. The Spirit takes fearful people and transforms them into bold, committed witnesses. That's why when the Sanhedrin warned Peter not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore, 
Peter, the same Peter that before melted and said, I don't even know the man. Now he stands before the Sanhedrin. And it says in verse 4, 19, Peter said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, we must ju- you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. It was the Holy Spirit that gave Peter boldness. It was the Holy Spirit that gave Stephen boldness. And that same Holy Spirit speaks to us today. And if we will listen, follow, and obey, we too can be transformed into new people. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read the last part of Stephen's sermon, Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 35. Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 35. Here's what the Bible says. This Moses whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness when the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers, he received living oracles to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. And in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and went rejoicing in the work of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices? During the 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel, you took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your God, Raphan, and the images that you made to worship. And I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness. Just as he spoke to Moses, directed him to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they were dispossessed, the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So it was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised and hard in ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed at him together. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he cried out, Lord Jesus, 
receive my spirit. And falling down to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks today for the faith of Stephen. I pray that his sacrifice, his preaching, his boldness, his faithfulness would inspire us today. Lord, may we too be faithful to proclaim the faith and the hope that's found only in your son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, all throughout this passage, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit. And that's the question that I want to ask you today is, will you listen to the Holy Spirit? For the same Spirit that spoke to these men speaks to us today. And he calls us and invites us to follow and to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear that the reason that the Jews did not accept Jesus as the Messiah is because they would not listen to the Holy Spirit. And the reason that Stephen was able to stand before his own executioners was because he was filled with the Spirit. The question for you and us is, are we going to be like Stephen, or will we be like the Jews of the high court that rejected? Well, there's a lot of reasons that, that we're reluctant to follow the Spirit. One of the reasons that we're reluctant to follow the Spirit is because we're not sure that we want to go where the Spirit is leading us. This is one of the points that Stephen makes in this passage. He talks about Moses leading the nation of Israel out of Egypt. You see, Moses gave the people every reason to believe that he was sent by God, but they still rejected him. Notice verse 36 that we just read, what it says about Moses. It says, this man led them out. And I want you to notice this phrase, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible tells us that Moses performed wonders for 40 years. He performed them while they were still in Egypt. He performed them at the Red Sea, and he performed them all throughout the wilderness. So as they saw Moses perform wonder and wonder and wonder, sign after sign after sign, they had every reason to know that God must be with him. But yet they rejected to follow him. Jesus, in the same way, gave signs. He performed signs and wonders that we might know that he's the Messiah. When John the Baptist sent his disciples and he, he said, are, are you the one or should we wait for another? The Bible says that at that very hour, Jesus performed many signs. And then he told John's disciples, he said, go and tell John. The lame walk, the blind see, the mute speak, and the dead are raised. When John the Baptist said, how do we know you're really the Messiah? Jesus said, look at the signs. They had every reason to believe and understand that Jesus was the Messiah. You know that God has spoken to us as well. God calls us to faith, but he doesn't call us to a blind faith. He gives us reasons to put our faith and trust in him. And the Bible tells us that one of the ways that God speaks to us is through the things that he has created. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, talks about those who reject God, not because they don't know that there's a God, or not because they don't know him, but because they will not accept what he has revealed to them. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. I want you to notice that statement, suppress 
the truth. It's not that they didn't have it. They had it, but they suppressed it. They knew, but they would not accept. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. And notice what it says about how he does this. It says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. People often love to ask that question. They say, Pastor, what about those people who have never heard? Well, Romans chapter 1 says, there is no person that's never heard. They may have never heard the name of Jesus. They may have never heard a clear explanation of the good news. But they have seen and they have heard through the things that have been made that there is a God. And they know what he expects of them because God has made it known to them. Moses performed signs and wonders in the wilderness so that they would know that he was God's appointed leader. Jesus performed signs and wonders so that they would know that he was the Messiah. And God speaks to us today so that we know that he is calling us to follow him and we know that he exists. The Israelites rejected Moses because they had a heart problem. That's what the Bible clearly says in verse 39. Listen to what it says. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. And here's why. And in their hearts, they turned to Egypt. In their hearts, they turned to Egypt. They never physically turned around and went back to Egypt, but that's where they longed to be. That's what was comfortable. That's what was familiar. You remember what they said? Back in Egypt, we had plenty to eat. And now we've come out in the wilderness to starve. Back in Egypt, there were all kinds of gods, and and now they just have this, this one God. In their hearts, they turned to Egypt. You see, this is a crucial lesson that we all must understand about Christianity. It's not a matter of outward ritual. It's a matter of inward devotion. It's always about the heart. God wants us to love him and to desire to follow him and seek him. That's why God judges our motives, our thoughts, and our intentions. Our actions are simply the outflow of all those things that are on the inside. And the reason that the nation of Israel rejected Moses because in their heart they just wanted to go back to Egypt to what they knew and to what they liked and to what they enjoyed. In the same way, the Pharisees and the Sadducees rejected Jesus because in their heart they wanted to be the focus of attention of the nation of Israel, not this coming Messiah. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 7 through 9, he said, as he was speaking to the Pharisees, he said, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men. Jesus said that these people, and he quotes the prophet Isaiah, they honor me with their lips. That is, they said all the right things. But their heart was far from God. The nation of Israel, their heart turned back to Egypt. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, their their heart never turned to God. And you may be here today professing to be a Christian. But my friend, it's not the things that you say that make you a Christian. It's the devotion of your heart. We need to examine ourselves to see if we're truly in the faith. For we can say all the right things, but never love God. 
Another reason that we can be reluctant to listen to the Spirit is because we don't want to give up control in our life. Acts chapter 6, verses 13 through 14, listen to what it says here. It says, And they set up false witnesses, you said. This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. This is talking about Stephen before the Sanhedrin. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. You see, the whole issue that they had with Stephen was in regard to the temple. And Stephen wasn't preaching against the temple. Stephen was preaching Jesus, the temple. For that building had just been the mere shadow of the reality that would come through Christ. Before, they came to the temple to find access to God. But now that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, we come through him. Before, they came to offer sacrifices to receive forgiveness of their sin in the temple. But now, Jesus offers the ultimate and complete sacrifice. And we find forgiveness through trusting and believing in him. And the problem that the Pharisees had is that they, instead of coming to worship in the temple and to worship God, they found the temple a place where they could confine God and restrict access and control who could come, when they could come, and how they could come. And the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ threatened everything that they were in control of and everything that gave them prominence, prestige, and power. And they didn't want to give this up. The Jewish leaders wanted to keep God confined to the temple where they could control who had access and who did not. Later, as Gentiles began to be saved, some of the Jews were trying to figure out what to do with the Gentiles. This is uncharted territory for them. They, they'd never seen Gentiles convert like this before, and so they're not really sure what to do. And so in Acts chapter 15, verses 8 through 11, it tells us about when they had gathered together, the early church leaders, and they were trying to decide how to respond. And it says, and this is Peter speaking, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we will believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they would. The preaching of the early church was that salvation was available to everyone. Everyone who would believe and receive. The power of the Spirit was available to everyone. Peter said, they received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So how can we test God? You see, as Stephen was brought before the Sanhedrin, their charge was about the temple, that place that they controlled and dominated, that place that they were slowly losing control of as people were coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the faith that we have is not about a place. It's about a person. And the thing that we learn from the life of Stephen is the only way to follow the Spirit is to completely surrender. You see, those... Jews who rejected Jesus, they did so because they would not follow the Spirit. That's what Stephen charged them with in verse 51. He said, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. 
as your fathers did, so do you. He said, you stiff-necked people. Uh, Hebrew language was very picturesque. They had metaphors for just about everything. And stiff-necked referred to stubbornness. And so Stephen said, you're a stubborn people that will not be moved. This is your history. That's what he was pointing out. There's so many people throughout the years, their ancestors had been stubborn and refused to listen to God. They wouldn't follow Moses, and now they won't follow the Messiah. And so he said, you stubborn people, you stiff-necked people. And then he says they were uncircumcised in heart and ears. Circumcision was the mark of the Old Testament covenant, the physical mark on the body that identified people as the people of God. And Stephen talks about it now metaphorically, where the mark of the New Testament believer is not a physical cut of the body, but it's a change of heart. Jesus said, this is how they will know that you're my disciples, by your love for one another. And Stephen said that these people were uncircumcised in heart and ears. That is, their heart had never been changed. There was no distinguishing mark to identify them as followers of God. They were the same people that they used to be. They'd never been circumcised in ears. That is, they'd never learned to listen with an openness to hearing from God. And so he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. But Stephen shows us how to listen and follow the Spirit. And if we want to follow his example and see the glory of God, I want you to notice verses 54 through 60 as it describes the death of Stephen to us. It says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, notice that word but, it contrasts their behavior with his behavior, their identity with his identity. They were enraged, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. The Bible says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He didn't have just a little taste of it, but he was absolutely full of it. In the New Testament, being full of the Spirit is a roundabout way of talking about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. He compares being under the influence of alcohol with being under the influence of the Spirit. That's what it means to be full of the Spirit. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you, but it's up to you whether to yield and give complete control of your life to the Spirit. You can possess the Spirit, but not be full of the Spirit. For you can listen and hear what the Spirit is saying and not listen and obey what the Spirit is saying. And so Stephen, he was a man that was full of the Spirit. In this moment, he had totally yielded to what God wanted to do with his life. So that when he stood before the Sanhedrin, knowing he was going to die, he was a bold witness for Christ. And knowing that the end has come as they were enraged and they ran toward him, Stephen knew what was about to happen. But the Bible says but he was full of the Holy Spirit. Because he was full of the Spirit, he saw the glory of God. Verse 57, but... Once again, the Bible contrasts Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit, with those who would not listen but rejected the Holy Spirit. But they cried out with a loud voice. And the Bible says they stopped their ears. They, they literally held their ears because they didn't want to hear what Stephen was saying. 
This man, who the Bible says they saw, had a face like an angel. They knew he was full of the Holy Spirit. And yet they stopped their ears so they would not listen. The Bible says that as Stephen looked into heaven, he saw the glory of God. It says nothing about the Sanhedrin seeing the glory of God or Jesus at the right hand of the Father. But Stephen was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit. In verse 58, it says, Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Does that not remind you of Jesus when he died on the cross? Did Jesus not commit his spirit to the Lord as he died? And Stephen, a man that's now been transformed. The Sanhedrin, they were uncircumcised in heart. But Stephen, he was circumcised. That is, his heart had been changed. He had a heart like Jesus. And so he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. What did Jesus say as he hung on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, Stephen, Stephen had learned what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And even in his death, because he was a man full of the Holy Spirit, totally given up, yielded to him, he imitated his Lord. Stephen, Stephen was transformed by the Holy Spirit. And friend, this same Holy Spirit is available to us today. Just as God spoke to Stephen, God is speaking to us. I want you to understand that Stephen, Stephen was no perfect man. He was a man that had been changed. He was a man that had been transformed. And God wants to transform you as well. The same forgiveness and hope that was preached then about the Lord Jesus Christ is the same message that we have today. That even though we have all sinned against God, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, it was sufficient to pay for all of our sin. And today, if you come to believe in him and trust in him, then he wants to give you the gift of eternal life and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so that you and I can be different people. So that though we might have once been like Peter, who in the weakness of his flesh trembled even before strangers, we might become bold witnesses who, like the Peter in his latter years, said to the same Sanhedrin that Stephen said before, the same Sanhedrin that sentenced Christ to be dead, he said, basically, you do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a boldness that comes through the filling of the Holy Spirit, and it's available to all of us. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be like Stephen. I pray that you'd help us to believe with all of our heart. Lord, may people see our love for you and how we love each other. And Father, I pray today, if there's any person here that doesn't understand this, that's never believed this, Father, if there's any person that's never cried out to you in prayer, 
Lord, I pray that today, before we leave this building, that their lives would be changed. For it's in Christ's name that we pray.